Welcome to Central Line, the AHA podcast. This is the official podcast of the American Animal Hospital Association, dedicated to simplifying the journey towards excellence in veterinary medicine for every member of the veterinary team. Here's your host, Dr. Katie Berlin. Hi, welcome back to Central Line. I'm your host, Dr. Katie Berlin, and I'm very glad you're joining us today for this special conversation with a guest I'm really excited to talk to, Dr. Pam Nichols. Welcome to Central Line. Thank you. It's so great to have you, and um, I... We have so much I want to ask you about, and I want to hear your thoughts on. Um, you are doing some really cool stuff. I mean, you've been doing neat stuff in the veterinary profession. I have a feeling since you since you started. But um, there's just some really great messages that you have to share with everyone today. So we'll get into that. But before we do, would you mind sharing a little brief snippet about yourself, how you came to be sitting here talking to me? Oh, my gosh. Pure beauty of the universe is how I came to be sitting here with you today. Um it, it really it is. It's completely just amazing. Um, brief bio. I so my most recent fabulous accomplishment was getting to be president of American Animal Hospital Association, which is um, has been my love and dedication in the veterinary pro- profession for the last. Um, it's it'll be this was my ninth year on the board I think, um, wow. and I'll be done at Connexity and it will be so sad. I'm already crying thinking about it. Um, so so that's been my most recent thing. I uh, am the proud owner of a very brand new baby practice that I started two years ago, uh, and it's going gang. Okay, it's two and a half years now, but it's going gangbusters. We're um, we're almost a four doctor practice and um, and hitting about four million in trailing twelve months revenue and have a fully staffed team that is freaking amazing if they are watching this that word fully staffed just uh, like that alone is just right shocking. no and I, I seriously I just hired two new doctors and one permanent part-time amazing. and and I had somebody call me and say I know a vet tech who's moving to Utah and I think she should come work for you and I said okay that's really great I don't need her and when have I ever had to spit that out of my mouth I'm like can I find her someplace until I lose somebody because I don't ha- I don't have anything right now which is honestly never the answer so um yeah so I have a great small animal practice in Salt Lake City Utah and um, I had a couple practices before that and a couple dog daycares. And so I got my fill of having 160 employees. And I, um, yeah, so I raised my child in my practice and a lot of animals and a lot of employees. And I have six, six kids who are now out, not that I birthed, but six children that I raised in my practice who are now out in vet schools across the world. Love that. And um, one human adult daughter who's 26, and she's an attorney, and she's also a veterinary consultant. She's amazing. Oh, wow. That's great. So she's a, she does law consulting? She is um, she's an attorney, but she is doing consulting. Um, she does P&L transformation and culture transformation. Those are her kind of yeah. two big things. And the reason she's good at it is because she's been doing mine for a long time, doing my P&L. So. Yeah. 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 Very cool. Well, um, it's, it's so great to have you. And I think, um, you know, one of the things that just really caught me about when we first met, which was very recently over um, teens, yes. <laughs> but one of the first things that really just caught me was your energy. You just seem so energetic and um, enthusiastic and just have this kind of zest for life and for people and a love for what you're doing. And I was just wondering, I didn't prepare you for this question, but I'm asking it anyway. I was just wondering, has it always been that way for you? 
Um, or how, do you feel like you've evolved to be this person? I would say it's always been the underlying theme of my life since my daughter was mm-hmm. a tiny kid and I was trying to raise her to have her own voice and her own choices about her behavior and telling her that we get to choose to have a great day. But also as a practice owner and a single mom, I had a hella difficult, difficult life. And so the underlying enthusiasm for the profession and for my life was always there. But I would say it has gone amped up on crack without the crack. Um, without the actual crack. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> honestly, that sounds so stupid, but it, that's really it. Like, I just feel, feel that in the last two and a half years since opening Daybreak, um, my life has just completely blossomed. And I am so enthusiastic about the future and so absolutely positive about the future of vet medicine um, that I just, I don't get, I don't get drained by the profession. I get really just jazzed by it. That's, that's the dream. I have one quick example about that and I'll tell you why, because um, this morning I had a, yesterday I got a telemedicine um, notification that I had a telemedicine consult and the woman said, I've been referred to you by this woman who's in St. George. She's a veterinarian. She's very holistic, doesn't believe in much that I do, but she's a great person. And um, she said, I'm looking for a primary care practitioner for my pet. And I want you to be that person. And she paid $89 for this telemedicine consult. And I called her and she didn't answer last night. So she called me this morning and I spent an hour on the phone with her, just talking to her about ongoing pet care. And when I got off the phone, I was so excited because this is a person who called me who was willing to pay me for my time, but she wanted to ask my opinion about was her breeder right or wrong about spaying or not spaying? And was her breeder correct or incorrect about feeding raw? And was her, is her theory, like she hooked her up with an agility trainer and she has a duck tolling retriever who's cuckoo-cachoo. And so now she's going to be doing the tug and amping up this puppy. And we got to spend an hour that I, $89 an hour is pretty cheap for me. However, I was so excited to get done with it. When I finished, I wrote my team a message and I said, you guys, this is what individualized care looks like. This is what we do. If we can connect with clients and 97% of our clients want cookie cutter care more or less within AHA guidelines. But then you get these people who are special and they're not butting heads. They want to know and they want your opinion and they get excited and they go, oh my God, you have so much to teach me. And they get excited and then I walk away going, yay, yay, I'm a vet. Yay, I'm so excited and life is grand. So anyway, so and and what what I told my team is this kind of thing, doing telemedicine visits on a, you know, at nine o'clock on a whatever morning it is, Monday morning, doesn't drain me. It energizes me. But that's also a choice. It, it is. And, and I think, you know, there are definitely clients that um, we, I would bend over backwards for and spend an hour on the phone with because you know that that $89 is going to come back in dividends when right. that client trusts you to implement all of the recommendations that you made. And whenever they have a problem, you're going to be the person they go to first. And I love that so much. And obviously not every client is going to be that client, but don't the ones that want all that info right warrant that time and how cool Um, that she was willing to pay for it before she ever met me just to feel the waters out and she said so can I send you information as time goes on can I send you pictures of my dog and make sure she's not too fat I said do telemedicine visits that lets me know that you respect my time and she said oh okay great I'm totally down with that I was like okay yay yeah expectations right yes both of you love that 
Well, um, yeah. So I, I think we all evolve over time as veterinarians and veterinary professionals for sure. But I love that you have that love for the profession and love for what you're doing now um, and that it's even greater than it was at the beginning. I just love that. So um, personal question before we go on to the meat, the meat yes. topic uh, that we have today. What would the title of your autobiography be? Probably learn, grow, change. Because that, that fits. Yeah. I just started learning French about two years ago. It's something I just don't know how to do. I just started taking equine lameness courses because I just don't do that. So why not? Yeah. I, I'm addicted to, uh, you know, to certifications yeah. and like, I don't ever want to just learn about something. I want to like, right. get I want, the, I want the letters. I just became a professional <laughs> yeah. coach. I just got certified in acupuncture in Cairo. I'm like, yes, <laughs> give me the names. Right? Give me the letters. <laughs> Yeah, and it's it's not really about the, it's about knowing that you could even go and like teach somebody right. else about it now. You know, like yeah, it's like to the next level. Absolutely. Because, yes, I totally feel that. Okay, cool. Um, all right, so today we're going to be talking about um, an initiative, a project that you've been working on that means a lot to you. It's very close to your heart. Can you tell us a little bit about what you've been doing? Yeah. So for um, for about the last three years, I've been working on this project called Change the Narrative which sounds ridiculously simple when I say it out loud. Um, and it started It started um, on the AHA pack trip. We were teaching, um, Darren Tall was another past president. He was teaching P&L and I was teaching culture and leadership. And I kept hearing this thing over and over again, which was, there are no vets, there are no staff, life sucks, we can't make enough money, There's just, it's just too hard, I'm going to sell. And I... I kept, I just kept thinking, can't we change the way we, like at least change the way we frame it, at least change the way we talk about it so that it's not such a negative drain. And I don't mean like change it, like it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. You're fine. You're so much better off than anybody else. I mean, like really change the words that we use when we talk about stress or happy or good or bad or clients or whatever. So it started like three years ago and it was, uh, I kept, I always use affirmation cards and I use them in practice, but they're not veterinary specific. And my team just keeps saying, Dr. Pam, you need to make those that are, that say, you know, something about that 18 month old Rottweiler in room five that we, none of us want to go touch because the owner is clutching it, you know, and we don't want to touch it. You got to do some affirmations about that. I'm like, okay, I can try. And then it just evolved into change the narrative and and now there's cards that are real, that are actually real cards that are physical that I can sell and play with and donate and give out. I mean, it's, it's fun. And there's a book in process about changing. Book yeah, the, the book is the, well, it's actually done, but it needs some tweaking. Um, it's about, about fixing a culture crisis and how do we do that? And it's not how people think it is. It's not... It's not by scheduling a staff meeting in a month and talking about the culture crisis that's happening. It's about what you do every single day when you wake up and when you go to work and when you talk to your team and when you talk to every single team member. So that's the, that's the gist of it. That's a lot packed into one, <laughs> one little nutshell there. And um, you, those of you who are listening and not watching, um, Dr. Pam was holding up this uh, a little pink box that's got cards in it. it. Looks like a little like a note card box, and the cards are bright colors, and um, you can shuffle them and just pick one out of the deck, you know, every day, or if you're having a tough moment. And these are affirmation cards. And so, um, can you can you give us an example of one of the affirmations? On yes. Card? So. Um, yeah. So, uh, 
this the first one happens to be my favorite, which is about today my superpower is grace with myself, with my team, with my patients, and with pet parents. Each one of us is doing our best. Most of them are shorter than that, truly. Like I have a really funny one that's just, um, especially today, oh, this is a good one. Especially today, I celebrate the soft, silky ears of each of my patients. Right? Ears, ears are the, are the best. best. And whiskers, kitty whiskers. There's one noses, in here about yeah. about um, noses. But um, there's, I, I, I love, there's another one I love. Um, especially today, I celebrate brilliance, both around me and within me. In hopes that we can stop saying, I suck at this. I suck at cats. I don't do well with, I don't, I don't know anything about duck tolling retrievers. I don't know anything about savannah cats. You know, stop. Shh. I'm going to just celebrate how brilliant my team is and how brilliant I am. You know, one thing that I love about these cards too is um, they're not telling you your life is great. Stop complaining. They're not telling you, you know, um, this job isn't hard. What they're doing is taking one aspect of um, maybe something you haven't been telling yourself enough lately or ever and trying to get you to focus on that one thing. Like, it's impossible, you know, those memes that are like, all I'm trying to do is have a job and keep my car going and pay $5 a gallon for gas and like exercise and eat healthy and take care of my kids and get to bed on time. You know, it's so much. It's so much. And when you think about like all the things that we feel like we're supposed to be doing every day and we're supposed to be being every day, it's completely overwhelming. But to look at one card and just look at that one thing, say like, that's my affirmation for today or for this right. hour. This moment. This it could be this appointment. Yeah. It could be like yeah. a, so um, I hear what I hear when I'm in practices is I just walk away and I'm exhausted. I'm sucked dry. And so mm-hmm. and we talk about compassion fatigue. And I think it's mm-hmm. more compassion resilience. It's compassion energy because for me, my compassion is my superpower. Like, it gives me energy. It doesn't suck me dry. But this one is, I care deeply for my patients. My compassion supplies me with an endless source of energy. So just changing the narrative. Stop talking about it like it's such a negative thing to have compassion fatigue and recognize that being compassionate is a gift to share with the world and with yourself and to celebrate it. And and that it, it, it you care deeply. That's an endless source of energy. Yeah. You know, it seems like everybody is a little bit different, too, in how they respond to stress and in what in particular kind of stresses them out the most. And I feel like that was never more evident than in the last week when there's been so much in the in social media about um, the puppy surrendered in Maine and uh, and the, the news article that reported that in like the worst possible way. Um, and it just, um, you know, it, the comments on all of those posts and how much negativity there was just around things that really didn't have anything to do with that specific case anyway. People were so reactive to different aspects of that saga. And that highlights for me that maybe not every card or every affirmation is going to resonate with every person. But at that moment, it gives you a focus. And sometimes your mind's just like swirling like crazy. And I would have liked to have that focus when I was in the middle of a busy day, you know, just to look at that card and think, okay, for the next 20 minutes, this is exactly. Me. You had said a really important word in the middle of that, which was people around the situation in Maine. It was in Maine, right? Maine, um, yeah. Became so reactive. 
And I think that what the change, change the narrative for me personally allows me to be active. It's not about Pollyanna, everything's freaking perfect. It's that I can change, I can act the way I want. I can choose to use the words that I want. It's just like this a while ago and you said, I'm not very good at blah, blah, blah. And I said, you used to not be good at it. Because that's an easy, t- like true. I yeah, hear my doctor say all the time, I suck at cats. I'm like, you used to suck at cats. If you want to yeah. be good at cats, it's super easy. Like you just learn right now. We'll figure it out right now. And then they go, oh, okay, that's really cool. I, yeah, I used to suck. Now I'm really good. And it's not Rosianna, I mean, rosy glasses, Pollyanna. It's just change the words and and be very, very specific about what comes out of your mouth about yourself, about your team, about your clients, about your patients. I um, I coach my team all the time on how do we talk about our patients. So it'll be a naughty Rottweiler in room five that has everybody twizzle because it's a jerk. It's a marlin on the end of the leash. The owner weighs 80 pounds and nobody can control this thing. And And my team is very, very, very very astute with behavior. And so they pressure and release. And almost any one of my kids can get a 80 pound Rottweiler under control in about three and a half minutes, really, really simply. Well, maybe not, but anyway, um, but they're very, very good. <laughs> and, um, and I kept hearing people say, Oh God, it's that dog again. Or, Oh, it's Mrs. Blah, blah, blah again. And kind of heavy sigh and roll their eyebrows and defeated and kind of this, uh, I just don't have time for this. I just don't have energy for this. And talking to this team from day one, which was two and a half years ago, about, look, we, culture, you'll hear me say this, if you ever hear me speak publicly, I say, culture is behavior. So we're going to coach everything about our behavior. It's everything from our facial expressions to our eyebrows, to our shoulders, to our tone of voice. I have a doctor who is brilliant. Her name is Cassie, Dr. Cassie Aikens. If she's on, I hope she's listening because she's brilliant. And when she first came to me, she was a baby vet, maybe two years out. And she'd been practicing in a, in a different practice, not as just a very different practice. And I coached her on tone of voice, just intonation, just changing the way the pitch, the, the way you talk to somebody. When somebody says, my dog is really sick and they tell me I can't get in. Yeah, that's right. We don't have time to get you in until Thursday. Or, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I know that must be really awfully frustrating. How can I help you? What can I do for you right this minute to make your life better? And just the change in inflection changes what you're saying. I can't get you until Thursday, but in the meantime, I'm here for you. Like there's just little things that you can coach and it's very, very deliberate behavior rather than being reactive to the person who's screaming at you on the phone because they can't get until Thursday. Yeah, that's, that is so true. Um, and I, I've been in that position myself where I've wanted to scream at somebody on the phone because they were not absolutely not sympathetic to my cause at all. Even if I knew they couldn't right. help me, like a, just a little bit of sympathy or empathy right. would have gone such a long way. Um, I had a hospital waiting or emergency room <gasps> incident where that I'm remembering now where, you know, no one's happy when they're in the ER, but you just, you know, the receptionist just wasn't having any of my stuff and I just wanted to know like how long I might be sitting there fasting right. <laughs> in the ER waiting room you know but just a just little a tiny little bit, bit of empathy, empathy from which, her just a little warm right. in her voice would have made 
a completely and she different probably, and we have such yeah, power. She probably was completely empathetic, but she was so overwhelmed that she chose not to yeah. use voice inflection at that exactly. moment to say, hey, Katie, I got you. It's going to be another hour. Yeah. I got you. I know it's frustrating. Let me check with the doctor and see if you can at least have yeah. water. That would have been nice. Right. But <laughs> anyway. it's the same message. Nothing's different about that message. It's just that she said yeah. in, an, in a kind tone of voice that actually showed she mattered and that you mattered to her. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. We have those situations all day, every day. So, um, but, you know, you, like you said, changing the narrative is a simple phrase. It seems like it should be so simple to do, but sometimes it is so hard. Do you ever get feedback from people that you're oversimplifying the problem? They're like, there's no way that they can just change the narrative because of XYZ factors or because the situation's this complicated. I have heard that a few times. And I just, what I tell people is, it used to be hard for you to change the narrative. It's just a choice. It's just a choice personally. It's a choice personally. Do I, how do I treat my team? It's a choice personally. What tone of voice do I use? So start with you. Start with the morning with you and do your best. And um, it's not, it is super simple. It, it can't be oversimplified because I don't think it could get any more simple than just change, just change your words. You don't have to change how you look at it, but just change your words. You know, your brain only knows what you tell it. And so, and that's, that's not quantum physics, although some people think it is. It's really not. That's just the way it goes. Whatever you say, your, your mouth, your mouth says your brain believes. And so you might as well say something positive. Yeah, man, that, that was a big thing you just said there that, you know, your, your brain and what comes out of your mouth those are connected, not just because your brain makes the stuff come out of your mouth, but it, the other way around, like what you say can actually have a really big impact on how you think. Um, I'm just thinking about um, running, you know, I'm a runner and I'm, I run in spite of nature right? <laughs> because I, I'm not built to run. And so I'm, in, I'm uncomfortable a lot of right. the time, <laughs> and, but I still right. love it for some reason. And people are always saying, you know, smile because it'll hurt less if you smile. And it's, Absolutely yes. true. I do not know why. But if you're running down, you know, the straightaway and you're like, I cannot go another step and everyone's like, smile. And you do. <laughs> you actually feel so much better. And um, I have a much easier time applying that to running than I do a hard day at the clinic. <laughs> so, um, but I don't think I've ever thought about it's it It's the exact way. same thing. It is, it's no different yeah. than us asking our receptionist to smile when they answer the phone, which is the oldest trick yeah. in the book, but it actually works. Yeah. yeah you can definitely hear that. I love that you voice. use that for running. I only run if I'm being chased. So. <laughs> yeah. There's, I think the world's greatest marathon runner, um, Elliot Kipchoge actually smiles when he runs and he can run a marathon in two literal hours. Like twenty six points. I'd smile too. Anyway, I'd be like, "Look at yeah, me here." I mean, I, I would go. smile after, but like during, I just. But he does because he says it doesn't hurt as much. Anyway, um, okay. So, what about another aspect of that? You know, we're sort of talking about like naysayers. Like you can hear kind of people listening to this and saying, "Well, that's not going to work for me because," or "That's you know, that's making too light of the problem because do you feel like there are people who feel like these affirmations are toxic positivity and trying to tell them to buck up buttercup, you know, um, at when really they're, they're facing real issues and sometimes real trauma? We all face real issues every single day that are freaking hard, hard, hard. Mm -hmm. And 
I'm not, I, I am not suck it up buttercup. That is not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you can make a difference in your life and those people around you if you just simply change the narrative, change the way you talk about things. And it's, I know it sounds so simple, but it is. It's it's no different than talking about, you know, I had this client, Alice Nellestein, she's, rest in peace. She was, everybody would say, oh my God, crazy Alice is here. And I would say, you know, Alice is quirky and she loves her dogs more than anybody I know. So let's just say we love her. Alice Nellestein is here and we love her. We're so glad she's here. And if any of my team from Animal Care Center is here, they will vouch for me. Like we literally changed the narrative and I was a baby vet because I said, you guys, I have to go in and deal with her. And if you talk to me like she's crazy out in the t- treatment room and then I go in, what if that rubs off and I treat her like she's crazy? She will feel it from me. So we changed yeah. the narrative and we stopped saying that. And I, as she died, one of my vets lived around the corner from her. Dr. Verona would go over to her house and do well checks on her dogs and make sure that she was okay and make sure that the dogs were okay. And and it was a, it was a 20-year relationship with this client who started out with, oh my God, that crazy Alice is in room, whatever. And it's just, it makes your life easier to make it simple and just change the words. As you change the words, that's, so will go your brain. That's a great example too. You know, I was going to ask you for an example. Um, and that is a, a fantastic one because haven't we all been the crazy <sighs> client somewhere? You know, like I, when I went to the neurologist this earlier this year, I brought a three page Google doc of my symptoms. You know what I mean? You I were was that client. That, I was that At patient. A girl. Yeah. And like, I apologized to the nurse. I, you know, he took he took my blood pressure and stuff and I gave him the Google doc and I was like, I'm so sorry, but like no one's been listening to me. And I wrote down all of my symptoms for the last like five days or whatever. And I just wanted to make sure they were all here. So the doctor would see them. And he was like, that's totally fine. That's great. That's less we have to write down. And he took it away and he gave it to the doctor and the doctor came in holding it. And he had highlighted certain sections and he went over it with me while taking notes on the computer. And he spent like half an hour with me doing all that. And I felt totally like he had me you know he had me and he still didn't know what was wrong with me but I didn't feel like it was because he didn't care and um that could have so gone the other way you know with the three-page google doc and we have all been in the room with that client we're like okay they brought like pages of handwritten notes you know and it's just it's a lot so definitely they know yes they know and I think but Here's the thing about you taking in your Google Doc and saying to them, I just want to acknowledge that I might seem like that crazy person. I am not. I just, I haven't been heard. There's nothing crazy about that. That is absolutely, in my opinion, the kindest thing a client could do for me so that I'm busy. I don't have to say, now, wait, was this the one that was eating raw and, okay, wait, hold on, wait, which, okay, wait, it's all, so, you know, I, I, I want to just say, I, I think that's a really good thing. And if we change the narrative about that kind of client, about this is just a really helpful client, not a crazy client. Yeah. That's not any different. It's still the same person doing the same thing with the three-page Google Doc, but you're really helpful, in my opinion. And in my words, I'd rather say, look what Katie brought us. She brought us three pages of stuff about her dog. Somebody start reading it to me and tell me the important stuff. 
Yep, scan that sucker in. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I still have, I saved notes from clients too, like during curbside, you know, and some clients would send notes in, which just made it so much easier, mm-hmm. you know? And sometimes it would be from a spouse who couldn't make it, you know, like, make sure you tell the vet this. And I just thought that was so helpful. And one of them, he, it was like a cat, like a two-year-old cat in for a wellness visit, you know, but he had some questions. It was his first cat. And he was like, thank you so much for your time. And he signed it, Matt cat dad and i thought that was the cutest thing ever and i saved it because you love him for being a great cat dad no like that's just the beauty of i just think that's so stuff like that is so beautiful so we're so lucky um, to have clients like that that care enough to actually take the time to do that and yeah and just be like i'm a cat dad that's how i'm gonna sign my letter (laughs) i think it's awesome um so dr pam do you have resources besides affirmations that you could recommend to people listening who want to work on changing the narrative but maybe need to get in a little bit deeper well as soon as my little book is published which ought to be september mid-september does it have a title um i have about 20 i could list them all and you guys could tell me you guys could help me just decide because because no my answer is no i don't know let's put it on hold then we'll we'll figure it out um no okay uh but Anybody who wants more resources can email me at drpamn at gmail.com. Honestly, I, between affirmation cards and finding a professional coach to help you kind of just rework whatever you're going through, I feel like, um, so my daughter is, you know, doing this consulting stuff. And she told me yesterday, I was driving the car and she said, well, you know, my coach told me blah, 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 blah. And I said, you're 26. Why do you have a coach? And she said, well, I have a business coach and she kind of helps me with, you know, just navigating my life and my relationships and my being an you know, independent consultant. And I thought, okay, how come nobody told me to do that when I was a little kid? Ha, ha, I know. No offense to the 26-year-old. <laughs> it, wasn't right? it wasn't even a thing when I was yeah. 26. It wasn't even thought of. Um, and I I feel like there's, there's there are a lot of resources, but I, I don't have a list of them for you. I apologize. But um, anybody... I'm doing staff meetings this week for a couple of teams in Arizona, one in Scottsdale and one in Flagstaff. What I'm going to do in person and what I'm going to do um, virtually. And I'd love to do staff meetings about Myers-Briggs training, about talking to these people. I say these kids because I'm old and they're young. Um, But I want to talk to them about change that narrative. I'm mature and they are not. I have experience. much more experience. Um, but but doing like Myers-Briggs training is this magically funny thing that you can do with your team to help them change a narrative and understand somebody else's narrative. Why does she talk like that? Why does she act like that? Why does he, you know, why does he treat me that way? Um, and I, and so that's what I'm doing for these teams is Myers-Briggs coaching along with change the narrative. In fact, one of them, can I just, I know we probably are running out of time, but I want to tell you this one thing. Um, my first pack trip, I met this, um, practitioner from Flagstaff and she's a mixed animal practitioner, lovely human being. She and her husband were on the trip and I, we, I had in-depth conversations from horseback with her, which I think is where all learning should take place. (laughs) I, I would agree. That's, that's good. That's On the mountain, funny. walking up the hill in Jackson Hole. Oh, yeah. So Alicia is her name. And she, she kept saying, it just seems so simple to change the narrative. Help me. If you hear me say something, just tell me. And so we were kind of the police. And if I said something negative, she would say, hey, Dr. Pam, change the narrative. Because that was when I was first really talking about it. And it... And so I said, and I'll help you. And so we did it for anything from talking about saying, oh, I'm such an idiot, to saying... I just had a brain moment. So here I am, but not saying I'm such an idiot or, 
you know, yeah. my daughter is 26 and had an eating disorder. Full disclosure, she shares that all over the internet. But she now doesn't like people, she doesn't like to hear women denigrate their bodies by saying, oh, my horse would be happier if I was thinner or gosh, my, you know, and so change the narrative is on a sign in my barn because I don't want the girls in my barn who are coming to ride their horses to say, oh, my horse would be happier if I was 10 pounds lighter. No, your horse loves you and you're perfect exactly the way you are. So stop with that narrative. Anyway, so Alicia and I, this whole, you know, pack trip in the mountains, talk to each other about it. And I was really touched by how much she took it to heart. And I thought it was the first time that I really thought maybe change the narrative had legs that I could go and create some product that that could help somebody. And we were doing affirmation cards around the fire, but they weren't my affirmation cards. They were just somebody's affirmation cards. And they weren't vet specific. They were just, you are enough. You are good enough. You have what you need. So anyway, fast forward a couple of months and I was driving through Flagstaff and I thought, I'm going to go see her. So I called her and I said, Alicia, can I come by your hospital? It was the middle of COVID. And she said, sure, come on in. And I went in and I, you know, we're all masked and everybody's kind of worried. Who's this person? She's, I think it was when I was president of AHA and we're not accredited and why is she here and what's she going to do to us? And, and I walked in and everywhere I looked on top of her computer was a little yellow sticky note that said change the narrative on their phone where the people picked up the phone. It said change the narrative. And I thought, holy cow, it mattered. Like what I said actually mattered to her and she's using it. Yeah. She's went that I'm going to do a staff meeting for this week. Yeah. You know, it, as you're saying that it, different things have impact on, you, you know, different points in your life, like for a reason. Right. right? And so you having that conversation with her like could have been the thing that had the impact that she needed at that moment. And for me, it was gratitude practice, um, which, uh, you know, I feel like has caught on a lot in the last five or 10 years or so. But it's the same thing, right? Instead of thinking, oh, I wish things were different all the time. You spend a little bit more time thinking about what's going well and what you're really, really grateful for. And it does change, it changes the little ticker running through your head, at least temporarily. If you keep doing it, the ticker's going to run gratitude longer right. and and wants less. And, um, and this is so, so similar to that. And I just, I'm thinking of all these, like, I, I'd love to know if people listening could think of veterinary specific affirmations. And then send them to me and I'll print them and I'll give you credit. Yeah. Like send them to Dr. Pam, send them to me at podcast at aha.org. I would love to hear that. You know, for me, I'm thinking like, um, one big one that I feel so strongly about would be people love their animals differently. It doesn't mean they love them less because you go in those rooms and like, it looks different every time. And man, that just has to come with time, I think. You know, you get out of vet school and you can be so judgmental of how people choose to love their pet. And just because it looks different doesn't mean that it's any any less. That is um, brilliant, that brilliant, brilliant, beyond brilliant. And when we get done, I'm going to go pound it out on an affirmation card and have it printed. <laughs> <Okay>. Because <laughs> truly, and another one, another one that I just love is today I celebrate every, every naughty pet and their parents in parentheses or no every yeah. pet every <laughs> pet and pet parent even the naughty ones as I think how it goes because yeah. there are naughty pets and we just want to say really I don't have time for this or a naughty client and I would rather say naughty than apple sorry but that's I would just rather say that they're just naughty yeah. they're having a bad day maybe their mom has cancer maybe their kid is autistic or on drugs uh, who knows what somebody's going through so I'm not going to say that they're just a jerk I'm going to say they're having a bad moment and 
hopefully the next person gets yeah. a better one. Yeah. And just assume everyone's doing their best. Right. And, and have a little gratitude that they're, that they're there at your practice. And even if they are being naughty, at least they chose to come to you. Yeah. No, you're so right, Dr. Pam. And I, I thank you for sharing the stories and, um, you know, just a little bit about your journey and your team's journey um, using the idea of changing the narrative to to make each day a little bit more beautiful um, because we really do, this profession is, is really very beautiful, but it also can be very tragic and hard. And um, these things, I think, help us remind ourselves that there's beauty even in those hard days. I think every single day in this profession is a gift. I, mm-hmm. I honestly, I can't see it any other way. And when I talk to kids, a kid called me on Sunday, a kid, a young woman, 19 years old on Sunday and said, I want to volunteer, but I can't get anybody to let me in to volunteer. I'm like, what time can you be there? <laughs> and she did. She showed up yeah. to volunteer. She wants to be a vet. I want her to love this. Yeah. I want her to go, oh my God, I want to be just like Dr. Pam. I want to, I want to change the world. I want to, I want to do that. Love it. I love that. Maybe she'll be on the AHA I hope so. <laughs> Dr. Pam Nichols, thank you so much for your time and your positivity and all your energy. And um, if you want to reach uh, Dr. Pam and get a hold of the affirmation cards, if you um, want to be informed about um, some of the other resources that she might have to share, including her book when it comes out, um, she has graciously invited you to email her. So that is drpamn at gmail.com, yep. correct? No points, no dots, no nothing. Just drpamn at gmail.com. Awesome. Dr. Thank Katie, you. thank you. And AHA is so lucky to have you. I'm, I am thank you. over the moon delighted that you are on the team. I'm so excited for Central Line. Can't wait to see what happens. Thank you so much. That means a lot to me because AHA is fantastic and I feel really, really lucky to be there. Number one most important professional association of my life has been AHA. Love that. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Thanks again, Dr. Pam, and we'll catch you next time on Central Line. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Central Line, the AHA podcast. If you love what you hear, please take a moment to leave us a rating and review. For more resources to help you simplify your journey towards excellence in veterinary medicine, we invite you to visit aha.org. That's A-A-H-A dot O-R-G.